1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster
2: said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to
0: make you happy. Turn to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
2: CNN thinks Elon Musk is killing black Twitter. Black Twitter has always been a Silicon Valley psyop. Cultivating and maintaining uniformed and monolithic thinking among black social media users is Twitter's greatest crime. It's everything the Uniparty accuses Donald Trump of doing to his political supporters. It's mind control used to inspire and justify lawlessness and destruction in the name of honoring Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Black Twitter is a fountain of misinformation. Nothing on the internet is more worthy of death. It's a cult. Everything it has supported leads to cultural decay. If Elon Musk kills Twitter, I hope he invites me to perform the eulogy. Happy Monday and welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. And boy, do we have a lot to be thankful for, grateful for and happy about. Uh, Today, right now, despite still being a little congested in my sinuses, uh, despite, you know, a little fogginess in the brain and, you know, look, let me quit crying and whining. I feel good. This is the best I've felt in about eight days, seven days, or I just experienced, and this isn't me complaining, this is just me being factual. I just experienced the worst Thanksgiving of my life, uh, home, in bed mostly, sick, uh, while my family was all gathered in Cincinnati, enjoying themselves, drinking, eating, and being merry. Uh, I was sick all Thanksgiving, but luckily I'm here and I feel grateful and I just wanna thank God uh, for healing me and giving me uh, the strength to be here today and feeling better and well on the road to a full and complete recovery. And uh, happy to be doing uh, today's show with you all. We have a lot. I did watch NFL football this weekend. I did watch college football over the weekend. Uh, I, look, when you're sick, you got very virtually nothing to do but lay in bed and watch TV. Uh <laughs> I tried to rewatch New Jack City. It's a bad movie. But anyway, uh, we got a lot of football to talk about. We'll do it with uh, Steve Kim and Coach Jason Brown, as we do every Monday. Shamika's going to come on uh, at the end of the show and help me talk about uh, Elon Musk and the CNN story uh, that they put out over the weekend saying that Elon Musk is going to undermine and destroy black Twitter and black Twitter's mourning and... Black Twitter doesn't know what it's gonna do because Elon Musk he, he, he let Donald Trump back on and all, all the black people were so anyway we'll talk about that with Shamika uh, but we have a fantastic show uh, planned for you going over the uh, NFL weekend and some news in college sports uh, but before we do any of that <clears throat> I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Good Ranches you know what you would be would be a great Christmas gift this year to take away inflation for someone. While you can't control their gas prices or home prices, you can't stop meat inflation for yourself or everyone you know, love, and need to impress. How can you do it? A subscription to Good Ranchers during their Black Friday special. Beef prices are expected to go up another 15% in the new year, but Good Ranchers customers who use my promo code Fearless will experience 0% inflation all year long. That's because every subscriber locks in their price for the life of their subscription. If that's not enough to get you to subscribe, you also can get their black Friday offer right now two free 12 ounce black Angus, New York strip steaks and two free pasture raised chicken breasts with any order that uses my code fearless. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com to find the perfect box for you in their curated selection of America's best meats and seafood. Give the gift of zero inflation and America's best meat to yourself or someone you love. Good Ranchers' award-winning service and quality are why they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. Remember to visit GoodRanchers.com and subscribe with my code, FEARLESS, at checkout. Get that Black Friday special. Two free Black Angus Stinks, two free... Pasture-raised chicken breast, zero inflation, all with good ranchers. American meat, delivered. All right, uh, let's bring in, let's welcome back in. I haven't talked to this. what well, did, did I talk to this man over the weekend? I can't remember. Steve Kim, uh, welcome back. And I saw that uh, yesterday, Steve. Steve, you see, you see my jacket. You, you, can you see that jacket? It says fearless. Which, my good. new threads. I got some. I got some fearless swag myself uh But anyway, uh Steve, I saw that over the weekend you went to Coach Coach JB's house and watched some football, huh?
1: Oh my God! I, this man, I, I'm just telling you, he grills like Ramsay, and he could break a cover two down like John Madden. This is a renaissance man. You should have seen him on the grill. I mean, it was fantastic. By the way, funny story. So I stopped by the store to pick up some things to bring over, and I'm just walking into the store, and this black gentleman, probably in his mid-40s, he goes, "Hey." are you Steve, are you the guy in the Whitlock show? And I was like, uh, okay, is that a good thing to you? He goes, yes, I watch you every day. <laughs> now, this is fascinating. Let's just keep it real. Since he is black, I said, okay, be honest. And we actually talked for about 10 minutes. Very nice man, also shared the same first name as I did, Steve. And I said, Steve, be honest. Can you actually admit publicly to a lot of your friends that you watch us on a daily basis? And he said, you know what? I actually have turned a couple of my friends on to the show. Made my day along with spending time with JB. It was fantastic. I mean, it was a great day. Oh, and by the way, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Did I not hear you mention the greatness of one Jim Harbaugh? We you know, we'll get to that later. I know we're going to hit that. I, I know you want to pay homage. To, to, to quote, to paraphrase Rakim, Brady, he ain't no hope. But great job, great job, great weekend. Hope everyone
2: out there. Had a great Thanksgiving, and Jason, I hope you're feeling better. I I, I do feel better. We'll get to Jim Harbaugh (laughs) and the Michigan Wolverines in a minute, but first let's take care of some Uh, NFL business first and foremost. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has fallen, and I'm not mm. sure if he should get up. Uh, And Tom Brady has fallen, and I think he should give up. Uh, (laughs) But who has a better chance – at recovering here and, and by recovering I mean a return to greatness not this season this season to me see neither one of these teams and I know Brady's in a terrible division and he still has a chance to make the playoffs but that's not a Super Bowl team Aaron Rodgers I, I don't they've won four games I think they're four and eight or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and and you know he's injured now he left yesterday's game in the third quarter uh, both of these guys lost uh, Brady lost to the Browns, uh, Aaron Rodgers, they lost a competitive, you know, high-scoring game, what, 40-33. to 33. But Jordan Love comes in and, and st- shows some signs of life. Who has a better chance of being a good Super Bowl caliber leading quarterback in 23, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady?
1: Jason, I agree. Both of these situations, they are like a life alert commercial. There, there's no doubt about it. Uh, They've fallen and they can't get up. Just by the fact that the Buccaneers are in the den of mediocrity in that division and are going to make the playoffs, that question is a very easy one. As it relates to next year, I'm
2: talking about though. Next next year, year, again, you're
1: look. Okay, if you want to go, who would you rather
2: be, Brady or Aaron Rodgers next year? Who's got a better chance of of being on a Super Bowl caliber team next year?
1: Okay, since you phrase it that way. Let me go once again, since this was so popular. I want to go again, boys to Kim. (laughs) It's so hard to say goodbye (laughs) to A-Rod. It's over. It just feels over, and his body is beginning to break down. He's been a really healthy quarterback outside of a year where he got banged up with the shoulder. His body is breaking down. I just look at the body language on him. There's no energy for the most part. There, There isn't that that real confidence that he once had, even though he still does some really nice things out there. And as we're watching the game uh, at JB's Palace out there, Jordan Love was impressive. And even coach was like, wow, this guy is throwing the ball on time and accurate. When I saw Jordan Love last preseason, 2021, Jason, it looked like he didn't know how to play the game of football. He really didn't. I said, this guy's a bust. I actually thought to me it gave Aaron Rodgers leverage in in his future with Green Bay, that he could call his demise or his departure. Jordan Love saw him a few times in the preseason. I was fairly impressed. Now again, yesterday was a little bit of mop up duty. I think it's a little bit different when you come into the game late in a must throw situation. Defenses loosen up, but I actually really liked what I saw. The ball was accurate. It was on time. It's very catchable. And what I would like to see is Green Bay got to start playing for the future. They have five or six games left. I wanna see if Jordan Love is ready to take over the reins full-time next year and develop some chemistry with Christian Watson who's coming on like gang break- breakers outside. So I wanna see that. I'm just sorry. Um, Rogers is an all-time great talent. He's had an unbelievable career. It just feels over in Green Bay.
2: Mm. Uh, I, I get that it definitely feels over in Green Bay. But I can name a place where Aaron Rodgers would be magical next year. I don't know if I can say that about Tom Brady, although this team may be interested in both of them uh, this coming offseason. But to me, you put Aaron Rodgers on these Tennessee Titans, and you got something magical uh, next season. Mm. I still think Aaron Rodgers – I would like to see Aaron Rodgers shut down for this season. It's over. Uh, I think for Tom Brady – it's time to move on. He's had a great run. I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see him move to another team, another organization. Maybe he finally. Maybe he's like O.J. Simpson and goes out to San Francisco for a year. Uh, if, remember when O.J. Oh, went out to San Francisco for oh. a year? That was bad. Yeah. Uh, maybe Tom Brady does that, but th- you know that was O.J. returning to his hometown. And uh, uh, but maybe Brady does that. But I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in a Tennessee Titans uniform next season if you look at Aaron Rodgers
1: contract very very lucrative right so if you like Jordan Love and he proves in the next month or so that hey this kid has a future we can trust him and you get a really good package and then it relieves your own salary cap so you can finally start to fortify that team in different areas and if you find him a home that he likes here's the problem with Tennessee Jason we know they have Derrick Henry we know they're physical. I like Vrabel as a head coach. I don't know if they have a true number one receiver. I and mean, we're going back to the exact same problems. I like Traylon. Burks. Easier
2: to sign one if you got Aaron Rodgers.
1: And maybe it is. But you know what's funny? They have a guy by the name of A.J. Brown. Oh, no, they don't. He's in Philadelphia. They traded him at like age 24, 25. I'm, I'm still bewildered by that move. But Traylon Burks, the young man out of Arkansas, is a real playmaker. I don't know if he's a number one receiver. I'll be honest, just looking at him. But I think San Francisco remains the destination. I look at all the parts that they have, and I get it. They do not have a true over-the-top threat that challenges and threatens teams vertically. I get it. But they have so many other parts. Jason, you know I like the Niners, except for one position, Jimmy G. They scored 13 points against a team that has basically packed it in. And I keep thinking to myself, If A-Rod was on that squad with Kittle, with C-Mac, with Ayuk, Debo, you think they'd be held to 13 points at home by anybody?
2: Probably not. San Francisco's not. I'm just not as anti-Jimmy G as you, but I I get you. Aaron Rodgers probably would be an upgrade. Let's move on to another quarterback situation that has really gotten out of hand. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's getting yelled at by his teammates. I've always been on Team Russell Wilson, this Denver thing has been a disaster. And it's made me uh, start questioning everything I've ever thought about yeah. Russell Wilson. I always, I thought that Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom were way too hard on Russell. I, th- I thought mm-hmm. they felt like he wasn't black enough. And, and now I'm starting to go, well, hold on, man. Th- these guys had maybe some legitimate Problems with Russell Weirdo, as you like to call him. Uh, th- this this Denver situation is really making me reevaluate Russell Wilson and and start like, is he really just a high class Donovan McNabb? Donovan I used to love Donovan McNabb, and then. Donovan McNabb got away from Andy Reid, and boy, oh boy, it did not go well in Washington and with Mike Shanahan, and it kind of took a lot of the shine off of Donovan McNabb. Uh, the question is, has, has Russell Wilson always perhaps been a bit overrated?
1: I am rethinking this whole thing, too. I'm right with you. And I can admit when I'm wrong, because quite frankly, it doesn't happen that often. But it, it kind of reminds me, has he been millie Vanilli? Has he been lip syncing this whole time? Uh, and now I'm thinking, yes, you know, it's true. And, you know, I, I heard a few people say, well, screaming matches happen all the time on NFL sidelines. They do. But, Jason, can you tell me the last time a quarterback, one that is a big name franchise quarterback, was screamed at by someone on the other side of the line of scrimmage? That—that's I remember Dan Marino used to get into it all the time with Mark Clayton in the duper. I remember a screaming match caught on NFL films between Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow. Uh, Look, Jeff Saturday and um, Peyton Manning had a famous uh, back and forth thing during a game in Indianapolis on Monday night that was captured, but I've never seen this where a guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And this is where the frustration boils over and why complimentary football is so important. That Denver defense, Jason is actually really good. If they just score 21 points a game, which is not all that much, that team is right in the thick of the divisional race and the playoff race. But they are literally talking about the worst offense in football. You're right. The only way it can get worse now for uh, Russell Wilson is if Ciara goes back to future because it has absolutely hit rock bottom for him.
2: What is the – I'm trying to think of the little pet phrase Russell Wilson says at the end of those games. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and right,
1: now, yeah, right now it's an Asian driver riding that bandwagon. Don't get on it. <laughs> just, don't take it over. Don't do it.
2: And so, and so what I think happened is Russell Wilson probably has some little pet phrase. He shouts on the sidelines when things aren't going well or something that the players are just tired uh-huh. of hearing. And again, the guy I think the guy that yelled at him had gotten a penalty or the defense had done something stupid. And Russell Wilson probably shouted out one of his pet phrases, and I think that dude snapped. And I'm being serious. That's what I think happened. He, he shouted out some corny, goofy pet phrase, and that dude just snapped and said, Hey, we don't need to hear that it right now you know, score some damn points. How about that? How about,
1: how <laughs> I think I mean, that's Jason, what happened. Jason, look at the year he's had. Okay, just look at this. First of all, his play. And then even despite the loss, Seattle looks like they have a pretty good future. Do you know Seattle now, right now, the way things stand? Let's say they make the playoffs or miss it. They have a good foundation. I think Geno Smith's been pretty good. Right now, I believe I read that the Denver Broncos first round pick that now goes to Seattle is a top three pick then that video he did a couple months ago mr unlimited oh god really i mean that was cringeworthy then he's the subway commercial i know you think it's not a big deal that subway commercial is so bad they're bringing off they're better off bringing back jared yeah that guy i'll just leave it at that it's one of the worst commercials i'm thinking the producer that okayed that should be fired. It's such a bad commercial. I'm thinking that it was coordinated and directed by Nathaniel Hackett. That's the other story here. We need to stop hiring coaches because they held the clipboard and gave the water to uh, Aaron Rodgers. I see this all the time where a guy is associated with the coach. And they think, oh, he coordinated Joe Montana, like Paul Hackett, or this guy worked (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but that's like, that would be like me uh, giving the water to Floyd Mayweather every three minutes and putting up his stool. And people say, that's Steve Kim's a boxing. Yeah, when I have Floyd Mayweather on my stool, my boxing IQ goes up 200 points. Folks, sometimes it is not the jockey, it is the thoroughbred.
2: You know what, that sounds like the kind of message I wanted to give to Jay Breed, because I saw you over at his house and I was like, look at Jason Brown. He's watching Steve Kim on this show and thinks, "Oh man, Steve Kim's a big star. Let me invite him over to my house and, no, and he's you know, a big we star. can do a show you know together. What? We can do we can do a show together." And I'm like, "JB, it's me, not Steve Kim. It, it's me." But go ahead, kid yourself. It's me, not not Steve Kim. But go ahead, kid yourself, JB. Uh, lie to yourself and lie to. St- hey, I want to let me let me throw out another one uh, here for you about the NFL. this is the conclusion I reached this weekend. Watching my Chiefs, uh, you know, get a mediocre victory over a, a Rams team that, you know, is mailing it in and has got you know an incredible Super Bowl hangover, and so the Chiefs are allegedly the best team in the National Football League. And if so, mm. what that says to me is there's not a great team in the National Football League. When I look around, it's like everybody's hot for the Dolphins. They won four or five in a row or something, and. Uh, got a, jumped out to a 30-0 lead over, you know, a, a, a terrible team. I, I, I get it. I just don't see a great team out there in the NFL. I don't think there's, you know, somebody's going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think Philly's a great team. I think they played a very favorable schedule. I think they have a style of running or whatever in an offensive line that that's a, a difficult Matt but I just don't see greatness out there I don't see you know Deion Sanders Dallas Cowboys I don't see Jerry Rice's 49ers I I, I don't see I don't see the Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis that first mm. award. I just don't see greatness out there I see a bunch of good teams uh but maybe I don't know what I'm looking at do you see any greatness in the NFL right now team wise?
1: You know, parity is a really slick way of saying mediocrity. I do think there's a couple of teams that have separated themselves from the pack. Look, Patrick Mahomes is a type of player. Um, I think the Chiefs, Dolphins, and I still like the Bills and Eagles. I think those four teams, and look, the Niners based on overall roster, those five teams are clearly, to me, right now ahead of the pack, unless I'm missing somebody. Maybe the Cowboys. I'm kind of believing in the Cowboys, to believe it or not. But those six teams are pretty good. Has anyone separated themselves yet? No, but Patrick Mahomes, if you go with the last four or five years, since he became a starter every year, at the very least, you're guaranteed to be in the conference title game. And then two Super Bowls. that is impact. So when you have number 15, you have a shot. I'd like for the bills to get a little bit healthy. The Niners, can they get one really last good run of football from Jimmy G? Um, You know, the Bills, and I'll go back to the Bills. The Bills, I know people are going to discount the win over Detroit. First of all, I think the lines are actually improving. But to face the adversity they did and having to go back to Detroit two times in five days and coming out with wins in this league, that is something to be commended. And the Cowboys have a lot of talent, and they're starting to figure out running the ball more makes Dak Prescott more effective. But you know what, Jason? I'm going to say something. You better bring out your shovel. And I better hear a million a couple. Cause you know who you buried and is now coming on like gangbusters, and you said he was dead. You were giving him last rites. It was really <laughs> sad. Jolton Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Jude, I am impressed. This this that was a tough win over a team that wanted revenge at home without Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. It wasn't a great game. But it was a winning game, and it was impressive. They held the 22-wheeler out of Bama to, what, less than 50 yards? That's a gut-check victory. With with Jamar Chase out, they only lost one game. I'd look for the Bengals again. Last year, right around this time, I believe they were a 500 team. Um, Jay, you
2: buried that young man way too early. Uh, Come on. Steve, Come on. Uh, so did you – I'm trying to figure out what you just did here. Did you just change the subject or did you just say no, no, perhaps no. the bingles are a great team? No, well, I what do you, I, I said, or do you I want me it. to do a Mia Culpa on oh. Joe Burrow? What did you just do? Pretty
1: obvious. No, what I'm saying, I transitioned. I free flowed naturally. You call the play and like Jordan said, no, I'm not doing the pyramid. I'm not doing the triangle. Let me, let me just kind of clear out, clear some space. Let me do me. Your, I think your point is valid, but the Bengals look out for them. In a league that does not have a great team, why couldn't the Bengals sneak up again? They have championship pedigree. They have a quarterback that is cool under pressure and now you get your best playmaker back? I think that team is an absolute dark horse.
2: I right, would. Well, you've confused me and now Justin's confusing oh. me even more. Justin wants to – there's some video of me talking trash on, oh, on Joe Burrow. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, yeah. you, you, and, you and Justin perhaps have coordinated this. Uh, what did, what did I say about Joe Burrow? I do remember saying – I think I compared him to Colin Kaepernick or Josh Rosen oh. or something. But oh. Let, oh. Let's play the clip. Let's play the <laughs> You just play football because if you don't, this game's going to humble you, and right now you're going through the humble – humbling process you can't write up you can't write off all of his problems right now to bad offensive line play and he can be completely exonerated there's something going on with joe burrow and we've seen it before joe burrow wouldn't be the first flash in the pan in the wrong organization but kissed way too much to flame out Mm. Mm Mmm. wow I did watch that game yesterday, and, and hats off to them coming to Tennessee and getting a, a road victory. Uh, I've been hearing from uh, Bengals fans all off season or not all, all, all the last few weeks, when am I going to apologize uh, for Joe Burrow? Uh, and and, and that, that was a hot take that was a bit too hot. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I think I called him a high-class Josh Rosen. That was—I regret that. I—I uh, I, I think I compared him to RG3 at one point. I—I I, I regret that. Uh, but, but Steve, this is why I'm not going to apologize, and I want to say this directly and clearly to Bengals fans. Rather than call me, email me, tweet me, apologize to Joe Burrow, you all should be sending me thank you notes for inspiring Joe (laughs) Burrow. They should be sending me thank you cards and gifts for inspiring Joe Burrow. If not for my criticism, I shook Joe Burrow up and made him buckle down and humble himself, and dig deep, and quit all the pregame shenanigans of coming dressed like your baby Cam Newton and all that clown stuff. I forced the man to to buckle down and play better. And so, uh, Cincy fans, I want to say this to you directly: uh, send me thank you gifts, send me my flowers uh, this Christmas. If the Bengals do return to the playoffs and have a good playoff run, you'll have me to thank for it. Luckily, I was mad enough to do what you Bengals fans weren't uh, willing to do. Um, Yeah, to
1: piggyback off of uh, that, uh, I know that Michigan, they were highly motivated by your past words on Jim Harbaugh. They went into the horseshoe. You know, I can't wait till tomorrow. Me and Justin are working on other footage. In 1985, we have a young Jason Whitlock. Um, Before he was going to Warren Central High, where you said that new Coke, that new Coke is here to stay. So, you know, look, just keeping with tradition. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your first bad hot
2: take and it won't be your last. <laughs> let, let me, let me, for, cause I do want to talk about Michigan, but before I get there, <clears throat> I want to let you cool off for a second. and And, and I want to collect my thoughts. Uh, I've gotta say, I gotta cool off myself. This jacket's kinda toasty, uh, but I need it. But anyway, uh, I wanna tell you guys about uh, my good friends over at Preborn. Tragically, every minute, unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence. But amid the darkness, there's a light that shines, and that's Preborn. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once they hear that heartbeat and see the precious life, 80% 80% of the time they will choose life. Preborn pregnancy clinics are positioned in top abortion areas where most abortions still take place. But preborn doesn't stop there. They love and support these mothers with maternity clothes, diapers, counseling, and so much more for up to two years. If you want to do good this year and help save the lives of innocent of the innocent, you want pre-born. Preborn born is completely dependent on you, the pro-life community, as they fight the giants. For just $28, you can rescue a baby's life or $140, five ultrasounds. And now through a match, your gift is doubled. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies. Our goal, our goal is to save 50,000 blaze babies. Will you join us? Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound two five zero keyword baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash Jason. That's preborn.com slash Jason. I love getting your emails, guys, about those of you supporting us on the preborn mission. And some of you email me and say, Hey, I gave five hundred bucks. Hey, I gave a thousand bucks. Some of you say, Hey, I gave twenty eight dollars. I could afford to save one baby. Man, we appreciate it all whether it's $28, whether it's even $14, I don't care. As long as you support, uh, we can make a difference here in America. And it starts with respecting, honoring the sanctity of life and helping these young mothers uh, see the beautiful child they have growing in their womb. Uh, Thank you so much for all the emails and notices. Uh, Please keep them coming. Uh, That's preborn.com slash Jason or Pound two five zero and say the keyword baby. All right, uh, let's circle back uh, to the Korean cosell. Uh, cosell, <clears throat> I'm not ready to clown uh, the Michigan, crown the Michigan Wolverines. I said clown. I'm not ready to crown the Michigan Wolverines. I'm not ready to crown Jim Harbaugh. He's done a nice job the last two years. Hats off to him. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to make Michigan a national title contender. He's supposed to beat Ohio State. That's the job. Congratulations. Now, having said all that, having said all that, I'm sorry, Cosell. I wasn't impressed with Michigan or Ohio State on Saturday. I don't see either one of those teams as a legitimate threat to Georgia. I don't see either one of those teams as somebody that could win 10, 11 games if they had to play in the SEC. I I just don't. And so, not trying to knock him, he's knocking off the competition that he's put in front of him in the Big Ten. But the Big Ten is just not the same as the SEC. And so it, it's great what he's doing. He's done his job. He deserves a big raise. He, Michigan fans should be ecstatic. But do I see them as a real threat to Georgia in a college football playoff? Or if if Alabama somehow were to sneak in, do I think Michigan could beat Alabama? No. Do I think they could beat LSU if, if LSU and the LSU can't get in the playoffs at, with three losses? But no, I, I just don't. Michigan's a nice, wonderful, Great Big Ten story, Uh, Uh, you know, and uh, and uh, Saturday I I felt like the breaks, and they made the breaks, but I felt like the breaks went their way uh, more so than they their three touchdowns better than Ohio State. That's what I got to say about you.
1: Oh, first couple things here. First of all, your first part of your rant, what are you, Chris Rock? Yeah, they're supposed to. What do you want to cook it? I get it, but no one expected them to. And the other part I is, did.
2: I I'm, bet Michigan. I bet Michigan. I expected him to win. I had him on the money win. line.
1: Okay. No, yeah, I had him on the money, money, money line.
2: Plus right, 285. So the,
1: other, so the other thing is, I'm with you. When Georgia comes to play, nobody beats Georgia. But you're making it sound like the SEC is just chock full of Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, and they're not. The bottom, the middle of the pack, SEC and beyond. Is just as mediocre as any other conference for the most part okay don't make too much out of Mississippi look I like State Purdue Banger I like
2: Joel. Purdue I like Purdue but damn it they're playing in the Big Ten championship game come on Kim that's who you got to beat to win the Big Ten title Purdue oh, Georgia's playing LSU that's lost a few games got blown out by Tennessee
1: lost to FSU <coughs> they lost to AM. Who's got a mutiny on the bounty? The other thing is that was impressive. What, what, um, what would the line
2: be if LSU and Purdue played? What would the line be? Probably LSU, sure LSU by nine?
1: Sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not denying that, but I know this. When you go in to the horseshoe with a hobbled Blake Corum, Heisman Trophy type of guy that will at least be invited to New York probably. He played one series. And for Jim Harbaugh to say, okay, you know what? We're going to run our system with our backup running back. Andrews had a very big game at the end. I want to give J.J. McCarthy credit. Uh, I thought he looked scared, less against Illinois, but he didn't complete a lot of passes, but they created explosive plays, and they came up with stuff, and they hit it. Look, it is difficult to beat Ohio State at the horseshoe. You got a quarterback that's going to be a top-five pick, even though I think that's a little bit inflated. That's a great win. You need to let this go. I get it. You're a Brady Hope guy. Brady Hoke never could beat Ohio State. In fact, when he was at Yes, home, he did Michigan, beat
2: Ohio State. That's a lie. He did beat Ohio State. Continue.
1: When? What, Rich 2010? Rod is earth. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was the year that they, they had no coach. That's when Luke Fickle took. That doesn't even count. But I'm just saying, Michigan right now has to be considered a top five program in the country. They're going to make the playoffs in back-to-back years. He lost both coordinators. He lost the number two pick and the bookend, Ojabo, and the guy just kept it rolling. You know, Michigan, guys like you and the rest of Wolverine Nation, you better thank God that nut job because he is a nut job, okay? He grates on people. You're fortunate to have him wearing his khakis on your sideline. Respect that man.
2: I, I Look, I'll have more respect for him if he makes it to the championship game and stays within two touchdowns of Georgia. That's all he's got to do. If he stays within two touchdowns of Georgia, I'll give him his flowers. That's all he needs. Just be competitive with Georgia. Then I'll, then I'll fully buy in. I, l- I love what he did. I love that they've run the table. Th- they'll crush uh, Purdue uh, in the Big Ten title game. Awesome season. Hats off to Jim Harbaugh. He's justified to hiring. He's done his job at an extremely high level. Hats off to him. All right, Cosell. Uh, I want to play some video uh, for you of uh, Terrell Owens uh, squaring up with a guy outside of a CVS in Inglewood, California. Uh, you're a California guy, an LA guy, just like me. Uh, to is outside in a CVS in Inglewood. Looks to be eight, nine p.m., ten p.m. at night. It's some uh, who knows what time. Uh, The guy allegedly was harassing someone inside the CVS and uh, then took it outside and continued to threaten the guy and and T.O. defended, uh, verbally defended the guy uh, initially and then the guy squared up with (laughs) T.O. and got caught, caught a two or a three piece, maybe even a four piece there from Terrell Owens went down. Uh, Do you have a problem? Uh, with T.O. Uh, fighting outside of a CVS in Inglewood. Wow, the T.O. KO. And here I thought Regis Gray had the
1: most uh, eye-opening knockout of the weekend and winning the WBC junior welterweight title. I'm kind of impressed. I, I remember years ago when he had his issues in Philadelphia, he got into a scrap with Hugh Douglas, and I heard he got the better of that. I really don't. Look, you got to defend yourself, and look, T.O. can fly off the handle. I have an idea now. It's obvious that... That Terrell Owens wants to be an athlete. I mean, he still talks about playing in the National Football League. He can still run the occasional go route. Body still looks like it's out of central casting. I have it now. T.O. against Jake Paul. I mean, that's the new thing with the celebrity boxing matches. You're matching up YouTubers against this guy and that guy. Uh, Football players against the Lion Tamer. T.O. against Jake Paul does major business. That is a pay-per-view bonanza. I would tune in. In fact, you know what? I might even cover that fight ringside. So yes, T.O. against Jake Paul. That's what I'm getting out of this. Let's make this happen.
2: You know, I'm known as a Terrell Owens critic, uh, but I don't like bullies and, and I I could see T.O. probably being triggered by this guy, trying to bully someone inside of a CVS. And so I don't have a problem with this. I'm not defending it. I'm not recommending it. In all seriousness, I, I think uh, T.O. should be careful, uh, you know, who he squares off with because out in California, you never know who's, who, you know, remember uh, Tupac Shakur punched the guy in the MGM and <laughs> how many hours later, <laughs> I mean, I like, oh, oh. You, you throw hands, we shoot bullets, and Tupac's dead. I, I would, Seriously, I'd be careful. Who knows who no. this guy's connected to and, or True. what he's connected with. I'd be a little bit more careful.
1: Yeah, that, that was, I think, September 7th of 1996. That was during the Mike Tyson-Bruce Seldon fight, and I'll be honest— Uh, I thought Tupac landed more punches than Tyson did on Seldon. I always thought that was one of the shadiest fights. But, Jason, you know this from living in L.A. There are certain stores, once the sun's down, I'm not going in there. I I mean, honestly, uh, Terrell went for his uh, pharmaceuticals and he provided the medicine. But I'm just telling you, as Terrell Owens (laughs) might say, who can make a punch? I can. So get your popcorn ready. Again, Jake Paul versus T.O., that is pay-per-view gold.
2: I actually kind of like that recommendation. All right, uh, final one, uh, a bit more serious. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Had a mm. problem on a flight. A flight uh, was unconscious at some point, I guess. And, you know, the flight crew asked him to leave. The next thing you know, he had to get escorted off the flight. Here, here's some, I think we have some video. Of oh, <laughs> OBJ getting escorted out of the airport off a of flight. Uh, Steve, the question is if you're an NFL team, is this a red flag?
1: Yes. If I'm Jerry Jones and I was on the fence and I don't know where he really stood, I said this to you last week. I don't think they need him. I said this to other people. I actually think Dallas has a lot of offensive weapons and they're not necessarily high-maintenance. C.D. Lamb, I think, is clearly establishing himself as the number one option, and he's starting to play like it. Gallup, making some plays, okay? And, you know, the thing with the Cowboys is they're always under the microscope, and, and they're always gonna be under this fishbowl existence. Why do you add that element to it? I don't think Dak needs it. I don't think the Cowboys need it. I think there's a chemistry there. And any other team that wants to really make a run right this one you got to button down the hatches Jason I ask you this what NFL team would want all of that associated with them during this playoff stretch none so uh,
2: just my memory's fuzzy and, and serious my memory's fuzzy I don't know before this incident where were you at on OBJ and returning to the NFL and helping a team
1: if he was willing to play that secondary banana roll like he did with Cooper Cough.
2: Yeah, now I remember. That's right. right. Now yeah. I remember. You were the guy that said, oh, for those seven weeks in L.A., he was he wonderful. Was. He was awesome. He was. Oh, he that was the greatest thing in the, in the world. <laughs> oh, now, now I remember. And I previously didn't remember. But, yeah, you were the guy that had been singing OBJ's praises all no, season. And, oh, he, he turned the corner. The he was so fabulous in L.A. You no, didn't no, wait, say no, that. Uh,
1: About- fabulous. Wait a minute. The Korean Cosell calls it like he sees it. He was a good teammate. He fit in. He did not give any of the distractions. Now, fast forward 11 months, he's become a distraction again. I am allowed to change my mind, and a perception of somebody based on their actions. So yeah, yesterday or whenever, he went from first class to no class. Now I get to change my mind. I already, look, the thing is, I think chemistry actually matters. I know all those analytical people that have probably never played sports, never actually been around teammates, think it doesn't matter. It does matter in my view. And if you are a good team and everything's going pretty well and you have the weapons, I don't take that chance. With that said, that does not change my opinion on the playoff run he made
2: with the Rams. Mr. Whitlock, both can be true. That's what I do. They both can be true, but there was somebody – on this show that said here I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't t- I mean there's a lot of history with uh Odell Beckham Jr. You know, hey, that's great. He had a nice little six, seven week stretch in LA, but Odell's gonna Odell at some point.
0: And he O'Dell
2: and, and Good thing he didn't O D. Boy, that looked kind of dangerous there.
1: I mean <laughs> he, he can't put on the seatbelt. Good thing he didn't O i I'm saying. I, I,
2: I think there was just a few minutes ago there was someone on this show you know, giving me a hard time about maybe being slightly off about Joe Burrow, who seems reluctant right now to give me my flowers and credit for being right about OBJ. Oh, uh, is, oh, do you know this God. person who I'm alluding to?
1: Yeah, unfortunately I do. This is backtracking. That, that is a false equivalency. My goodness. My goodness. Th- that is a false equivalency. All I'm saying is, again, let's go back. OBJ played a key role last year in the playoffs as the secondary receiver to Cup, and maybe you can even argue Van Jefferson. I give him credit for that. Now he has reverted, okay, back to some of the antics that make him toxic. Well, he's toxic again. He became Three Mile Island. Now I'm back off. This is the strength of what I do. I don't change my mind. I'm fluid.
2: And so... (laughs) We Not gender fluid. fluid hey, just fluid. Just so, fluid <laughs> so, yeah. here's here's what I'll what my point is: is I think you're a bit overreacting to this. If you were on board with OBJ before this, you should have a more wait and see approach than writing him off over this incident on an airplane. It it who knows what was going on? Maybe he took some medication. And he who knows? I'm not. I've never been on board with OBJ fully, never going to be on board with OBJ fully. (coughs) Man. Uh, And so I'm not going to overreact here because getting kicked off a plane. That's the least of OBJ's, you know, offenses as a football player and red flags as a football player. Uh, I I think you're overreacting a little bit. here, I'll say this.
1: I'd like to see the toxicology report. If it is just Robitussin, if he was just getting that Tussin, because, you know, that old Tussin, if it was just the old Tussin, okay, maybe I overreacted. But if it's something else, then I'm going to stick by what I say. But again, the last thing a football team needs and the last thing a football coach wants is distractions. And right now, given the circumstances in Dallas with pictures from 65 years ago, do you need
2: any more distractions? No, you don't. All right. Uh, thank you, Cosell. Great job, as always. Uh, we're going to move on to your buddy, Jason Brown. Uh, you can email me and us, fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. That's fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback. Love to hear about your donations to Preborn. Love it when you call and write me and tell me about it. Hey, I ordered some good ranchers. Do all that. Uh, Coach Jason Brown, last chance cue. Next.
3: I just oh. I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on
2: Netflix. All right, welcome back. Time for a little last chance cue. Coach Jason Brown, who spent the weekend watching football with the Korean cosell, uh, Jason, uh, welcome back to the show. Last week, Jason, you threw a curveball—a discussion about weed and bone density—led to a very interesting uh, conversation and <clears throat> about why athletes are getting injured so often. Uh, so this week, I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball and throw at you my theory that uh, one of the number one things damaging pro sports, the quality of play, uh, why I think we see the inconsistency in play and why there are no great teams in the NFL, why the Los Angeles Rams go from Super Bowl title contender to won't even make the playoffs, to why the NBA sucks. There's just too much money. Athletes weren't meant to make generational wealth in a single season, over the course of a career, that there's just way too much money for these guys to keep the desperate, and particularly as it relates to football. Football is best played by desperate men. You take away the desperation and everybody's sitting on 20 million, 40 million, 100 million, 500 million dollars, it's going to impact the quality of the game and it has too much money in professional sports.
0: Yeah. uh, I've been saying it for a while, you know, that right there compiled with um, lack of investment. These cats have no investment, no investment. they have no interest in investing in the profession that has paved the way for them to make generational wealth. So it's kind of a, unfortunate a little bit disrespectful to the game the forefathers um
2: jason i want you to clarify your lack of investment comment what do you mean by that
0: so these kids these guys now that we're paying all this money to like you've uh so eloquently put it which i fully agree they they don't have any investment in the profession anymore so that means they don't know uh who Joe Namath is. I don't believe Kyler Murray knows who these guys are until they tell them who they are. They walk in. I know for a fact that Jackson State, half the roster did not know who Deion Sanders was. When he took the job, half the roster did not know who Deion Sanders was. Let that sink in. That is a fact. And half the roster had to Google and figure out who he was once the people's staff and others like saying, hey, you know who Neon Dion is? These kids, and I've coached them the last few years, I'm just telling you, they don't know who Bo Jackson is, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders. That is how far removed these kids are from the actual sport that is giving these kids generational wealth. To me, goes back to my theory, which is kind of like yours. We've given the keys of the to the Ferrari, to the Lamborghini, to the Porsche, to these kids before they ever learn to drive. We've anointed them so f- quickly. We've enabled them, and now they expect and they want and expect instant gratification. Give me, give me, give me, without me ever even earning my worth. I don't have to prove my worth anymore. That, tell me what quarterbacks proving their worth right now. Like I'm, I'm I, I will wait for days for you to show me and tell me which quarterback in the NFL has proven their actual worth besides Tom Brady. Like, I'm serious. Like, there's not a quarterback in today's NFL that has proven their worth that is even close. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. One? Don't know, man. How many
2: MVPs? You got three or four MVPs? You know, he's basically another version of Peyton Manning. I I, I do like your point about investment because I I don't think people understand that an understanding of history, understanding whose shoulders you're standing on, who actually made it possible for you to make millions of dollars, would actually... uh, tie you to the game in a more passionate and a stronger, and would make you give more to the game if you were grateful, appreciative of like, no, 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 man, you know, Dick Buckus and these guys and Jim Brown and these guys paved the road for you to make all this money when they made very little, played a much safer game than what you're playing, highly, much more physical, And so you owe a debt to those to respect the game and honor the game in a certain way. And you're right. All of that is missing. Uh, And and that is because you you hear people. Why do they need to know who Dion is? Dion didn't play during their time or whatever. But but there is if there is no reverence for the people that came before you. You won't carry yourself in a proper way, and and I'll I'll go in a direction that it, it's you know it's not the easiest for you to comment on, but I would say that for when I sit around and think about how I portray myself publicly, carry myself publicly, how I, I think about my grandmother, I think about her generation and what all they went through. In order for me to go to a ball state university and get a scholarship, and I feel like I owe a debt to them to carry myself in a certain way and not disrespect all the sacrifices they made. That does, and this we aren't just old people whining and bitching. That is the reality. There doesn't seem to be a connection to the past or any respect for the past.
0: Your show, your show's name is Fearless. All right, one of my mantras, mottos, quotes that I live by, acronym uh, is fear. And I don't believe we have fear for the coach in today's profession, basketball, football, high school, youth, college, or NFL. What I mean by fear, there's there's an acronym. That fear means two things, Jason. It means face everything and rise, or forget everything and run. And uh, you know, The bottom line is we forget everything and run nowadays and we do not fear our coaches and our mentors. And I don't mean fear, meaning I'm going to beat you up or I'm going to I'm going to pull your scholarship or or I'm going to suspend you from the league. I don't mean I don't want you to fear me in that way. I want you to fear me, Jason, in a manner that you are letting me down. Me and you, yourself and I, we both. Feared letting our parents down. We both feared letting the people that were our forefathers or who paved the way to give us a platform, so to speak, uh, allow us to go earn our keep and our money and our worth. We we fear to let them down. Like we don't fear to let these guys down anymore, Jason. Or we wouldn't just walk down the sideline when Jason Kittle's running for a touchdown and we just totally give up. We don't fear Cliff Kingsbury. We don't fear letting that man down. We don't fear letting him get fired. We don't fear letting my teammates down. We want to sign jerseys and swap jerseys at the end of the game. We want to put on virtual reality glasses and get out of the real world and go play video games. We don't want to sleep as much, which which in turn – is a lack of investment again in our professional bodies that we need to do. Like me and me and me and me and Steve Kim yesterday he came by the house and uh, we watched football and I was pointing out some things to him and he's like, "Man, I never I've never thought of that." He, I was like, "Look at these kids' bodies. Look at all these guys on the NFL right now. Look at their bodies. Like you're telling me they're invested for the long run or are they invested in video games, cell phones, social media likes and retweets?" And acceptance, public acceptance from nobodies, from bottom feeding nobodies who fake profiles, who create these things. And you're so worried about responding to them and getting them to like your content that you're not even focused on your professional um, jobs. NBA is the worst I've ever seen it. I've been saying that for years. NFL is the worst I've ever seen it. I've been saying it's watered down for a long time. Jason, I had this conversation. My, my buddy, Pat Perez, live golf, right? Four aces. This is the championship hat nobody can get right now. He's a Michael Jordan golfer. We had a conversation, and he, said, he thought I brought up a very interesting point. I hang out with these guys. I go golfing with them. I, I, I get to hang out inside the ropes while they're on the tour, and I get to hang out with Pat's uh, caddy, great dude named H. And he's been with Pat ever since high school in San Diego. Let me tell you something. Makes a great point. I'm watching these young kids walk around the golf course, young babies. All right, they do. They all have one thing in common. Do you? Let me ask you something before I tell you this point. Do you think all these golfers know who Tiger Woods is? Coming up. Yeah. Golfers, yes. Hell yeah, they do. Yeah. Because golf still has etiquette, and the etiquette in golf is ingrained, and it is being taught and coached every day. Shut up around the green. Don't say nothing in a backswing. Don't say nothing in a putt. Quiet. When the when the usher does this and puts up quiet, please, guess what? You'll hear 30,000 people go quiet like this. Why can't we control a narrative or a crowd in the NFL, NBA, or anything else? These guys have no investment because they don't care. They have no respect for their game prior to what they do now. They don't care about what their forefathers did. Golf does. I would make every single one of my players, if I coached again, go watch a PGA golf, a live golf event, and watch how these young kids are raised because I'm telling you right now, golf has the utmost discipline I've ever seen, and every single kid is ingrilled in them. And if, you don't, if you're not quiet while someone's around the green, that kid at six, seven, eight years old is getting taught real quick and he won't make the same mistake twice but we allow it Jason we don't coach it as an old coaching adage we either coach life or we allow life and we're allowing these guys to have the keys to the car they don't want to invest in their in themselves they don't want to care they don't care about their 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 forefathers they don't care about the game or you would see guys giving up their bodies as we once did but guess what the excuse is by the naysayer Jason We don't need to do that, coach. We're getting the bag now. We already made generational wealth. No crap. That's our point. Like, we're giving away this money, but then you expect them not to give up their body because they make the money? Well, I expect you to to give up your body because you make the money. There's a complete different mindset out here, and I just can't fathom the fact that we've allowed this for so long that it is now spiraled out of control. And... You have the worst league I've ever seen. You took off kickoff return, Jason. You took off quarterback J- getting hit. I, I agree, you, Jason. I, I, I do
2: want to, uh, for both of our sake. I do want to say this goes beyond the players, and and I I look as it relates to football. I think it starts with Roger Goodell. He's making $40, $50 dollars a year. He doesn't care about the quality of the NFL. He cares about surviving in that job and making sure he can keep collecting 40 to $60 million a year from the NFL. He does not care about the quality of play. He doesn't care if the players have no respect for fans and for customs and traditions. And so he just wants to survive. And that's why they got Black Lives Matter stuff, uh, you know, on the back of helmets and painted in end zones and all that. Whatever it takes for Roger Goodell to survive so the media doesn't get him, and so you know he doesn't get run out of that job, he'll sign off on any. They, If if the media told him tomorrow, Roger, you'll lose this job if you don't let Basel- Balenciaga uh, be, be the primary sponsor of the NFL, the players would all be running around in Basilinga or Balenciaga uh, uniforms because all Roger Goodell wants to do is survive. He doesn't care if he desecrates what Pete Rosell and people built before him, doesn't care. And so it's a top, de- everybody from ownership to the people running the league, to the coaches, to the players, everybody's making so much money they could care less about the quality of the game.
0: Yeah, Pete Rosell is crazy because I have a lot of pictures of Pete Rosell. Him and my dad grew up together, went to Compton High School and Compton College together. Uh, You know. Hold hold for one second,
2: JB. Hold for one second, JB. I want to pick up that name you just dropped. Hold up. All right. Now, go ahead.
0: Hey, I had to to drop that. It's in my book, by the way. Uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Another name drop book. Uh, But look, uh, I got to get my shout out to Jason real (laughs) eloquent. You know. There, it's just unbelievable, man, that we are, we're here at this state right now because I just don't understand that. Um, you know what? You know, it's, it, I've never seen the sport spiral upwards, that meaning trickle upwards being a bad thing. Usually, you know, we, we always used to say crap rolls downhill. Well, I'm telling you right now, crap is going uphill, and it's climbing very fast from the youth level to high school to college with the portal in the NIL and done. all these guys in the NFL were just in college or in high school allowed to transfer an unlimited amount of times. What is a transfer portal in the NFL? What is the equation? What is that? How does that, how do you equate the NFL transfer portal? What is it called in the NFL? It's free agency, right? But guess what? Before these guys are under their, con- their while they're under contract, You know, we just had the guy from the Bears demand a trade. Three years left on a contract. Demanded a trade. Guess what they did? Gave it to him. Now he's with the Baltimore Ravens. What did James Harden do three different times? Demand a trade under contract. What'd they do? Allow the players to have the keys to the car. So when are we going to stop that? And I got a real simple solution. Starts in in college, the most impactful uh, portion of this. Transfer portal, number one. When a kid enters the portal, but by the way, I think I broke it down on your show last week, but there's 29,000 kids in the portal right now, and it's an unbelievable number. It's going to climb. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's over 50,000 kids in the transfer portal before it's all said and done this year. The, the Michigan quarterback just entered the portal, by the way. So, you know, I got a – Michigan I gotta, starting quarterback? Uh, McNamara, the guy that got beat out. Oh, so gotcha. So, <laughs> I'm just saying – You know what you do, Jason? When I enter the portal, Jason Whitlock, the head coach at Ball State, don't take me. Don't take me from the portal because that's why we have 25,000 in there. We have guys watching the portal just to take you from one school to the other. Have we ever thought of what's called damaged goods? If you couldn't play for me at school A, what makes you think you can play for me at school B? Like I just don't understand this rationale and this th- because we got to keep up with the Joneses. We got to get the bodies. We got to get these guys instead of being proactive and recruit high school and junior college, we'll let those those levels implode and we'll just eat each other. That's what they're doing. It's like the cows eating the cows here because at one point they're going to run out of that same meat. And you're going to have to get back to high school and junior college. And they'll be so far gone by then, Jason. We're going to have a real, real epidemic on our hands. And college football is going to be bad.
2: Let me move on to yesterday's Sunday NFL action. Uh, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury lost another game uh, to the Chargers uh, last night. Uh, Kyler Murray seemed to throw Cliff Kingsbury under the bus. Let's watch the clip. No, it wasn't. That wasn't for Hop. Actually, Um, schematically, I mean, they kind of. We we were kind of. Kyler Murray threw a really bad interception. The pass seemed to be intended for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's blaming the scheme. He might. Why not blame his height? He clearly can't see downfield. He was throwing the ball to somebody. Uh, But anyway, your thoughts on. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury seeming to not be on the same page, and Kyler clearly – they've created a little monster there. He's a little Frankenstein. They've given him $46 million a year. He's going to run – Kingsbury is the number one reason he's there in Arizona. He wanted he wanted Kyler Murray, and now Kyler Murray can't stand him and is throwing him under a bus. Your thoughts?
0: That, 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 that jacket he had on – had an L and a U on it. Loser university it looks like because that's what he is. I, I don't understand – uh you know maybe it's las vegas but it looks like uh loser to me the l and i have to say like this guy is the epitome of a cancer and it takes one bad apple to ruin a whole batch and we continue to see this amongst everywhere like we have an issue right now on my show this morning jason i had an interesting conversation with zach smith former ohio state wide receiver coach and He's like, J.B., you're, you've been right for a long time. Nobody really has to talk about it. But I've been saying for a while, Jason, we have a fundamental issue with our youth. And I consider Kyler Murray our youth. I consider OBJ our youth. And I even consider T.O. our youth because they directly impact the youth with their platforms. And we've continued to have this issue for quite some time. T.O. knocks out a guy yesterday in Inglewood, California, in front of a CVS who's clearly a, a, a homeless person or he's got no shirt on. He looks like he's impaired. There's no way he's going to fight T.O. T.O. knocks this guy out on TMZ, gets a hold of it and shows it. OBJ, intoxicated or, or incoherent, whatever it may be, gets thrown off an airplane on a way to L.A. from Miami. He's looking for an NFL job, by the way. And if anyone were to do that in any other profession, first of all, they're not going to get the interview at the job they were headed to a B they're fired. They're not going to have any type. They're going to be blackballed, but these guys, we continue to give um, jobs to because they can run fast or catch a ball or dribble or dunk on you or whatever, and make your franchise money. A, K, You know, IE Deshaun Watson. So, I, I just don't understand how no one else comes forward and just says, you know what? When is enough enough? Like, this is the real epidemic. It's not some virus. This is the virus. We got bad leadership, bad mentors, and bad um, people that are in mainstream media, have big platforms, continue to use them in a negative way. And guess what? Kyler Murray, not too, far, not too long ago, Jason, was one of these kids looking up to T.O., and guess what? Now you have it. Full go. You have this T.O. at quarterback. So you, we have this issue that's continued to trickle for the last 20 years and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Now, guess what, All the babies watching Kyler Murray throw his kids on the coaches under the bus. Now you see these guys that don't want to study film and play video games. Guess what the youth's doing right now? They're not showing up to high school games and not studying their scouting reports and it's just a trickle down effect that's continuing to happen but nobody wants to address it and unfortunately um, we continue to see this man and it's just it's getting out of hand man and it's bad bad for it's bad for business it's bad for sports and that's why i brought the marijuana thing up i think there's more to it 900 people being injured there's more to these things other than just what meets the eye and, and another another bunch of other guys go down yesterday another couple few went bite the dust because and guess what soft tissue and bone injuries and just crazy. I wish somebody would do more deep research, but there's more to it. There's more to it. And the lack of just pure, uh, strength, um, buy-in investment, like we were talking about, meaning in the weight room, what you put in your body. Um, you know, LeBron James pretty much has been accessible and available his entire career. And we see his body, look what he looks like. Um, puts a million dollars into his body a year. So, you know, whether we like him or agree with what he does or not, uh, which I don't, got to agree that he's mostly been available his whole life and his body looks the dang part, and he's at least invested into the profession that he's playing in by keeping his body available. We don't see that no more. I'm not seeing it at all by any of these NFL or NBA players. They look horrible. They look like hammered crap. be honest with you. They're, they're so frail. Uh, they're they're a hit away from being out. They're a, a, a misstep away from tearing a knee or a ligament or or ligament or ankle because they're just so weak. And uh, you know I don't know a player that drinks milk anymore. Jason, do you? Milk's a no. It's a I used to have to drink milk, and I've never had a bone injury in my life, Jason. Never have I had a bone injury in my life. Just telling you. But I never smoked weed either.
2: Knock on wood, (laughs) JB. Knock knock on wood where you say you may have just jinxed yourself. All right. Hey, finally, uh, I want to move on because I want a more nuanced take. We talk about Lamar Jackson every week, uh, but I want to give you a chance to put some more context and perspective around Lamar Jackson. Uh, They lost again. His team keeps uh, blowing Uh, big leads i think this is the fourth game this year they've led by nine points or more and found a way to lose uh lamar yesterday or maybe today it was yesterday i'm sorry after the game took to social media social media is a poison and he's ingesting it a lot of these guys are and so someone tweeted at uh, lamar when someone is asking for over uh, 250 million guaranteed, like Lamar Jackson, games like this should not come, should not come to down to basically Justin Tucker. Let Lamar walk and spend that money on a well-rounded team. Uh, Lamar deleted this tweet, but he did put it out. Boy, STFU, y'all be capping too much on this app. MF never smelt a football field, never did doo-doo, but eat a D-I-C-K. <clears throat> uh, Lamar deleted the tweet, but he put it out there. I, I, I think the pressure is is getting to Lamar. He went all in this season on himself, bet on himself. Uh, he's representing himself, he and his mom, in a contract negotiation. It's not going that well this season for Lamar. Uh, so I want to do An approval rating so that we get a more nuanced take on Lamar's job from coach JB as well as job performance character authenticity and it factor Uh, so let's get to our approval rating on Lamar Jackson all right JB uh, when it comes to job performance uh, I'm get on a scale of zero to 25 25 being the highest zero the lowest I'm giving uh, Lamar He's kind of middle of the road. They're struggling in the red zone. Uh, you know, He's not throwing touchdown passes. I think that's one of the reasons why they're struggling in the red zone because I think he's easy to defend against the pass in the red zone and he's easier to defend against the run because you're not dropping back as far in the red zone. So anyway, I gave him a 14 in job performance. He's kind of middle of the road this season.
0: Yeah, I gave him a 15. Um, you know, the issue is, it started off with, this, you know, on fire. We we even discussed it. You were like, Coach, this guy's winning. He's he's betting on himself. He's an MVP clear front MVP runner. This was just about seven weeks ago when when I we talked, and I was like, just wait, just wait. And clearly enough, that's what <laughs> happened. Um, let me pick up the mic. By the way, I dropped it. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I hate to see these young brothers suffer in, in, in humility because they don't have any humility. And they won't suffer from it because they don't know anything about it. And it's, it, and it's crazy that I get these DMs about him last night because I said, me and Steve Kim said, listen, I think I told you guys. You know what they all tell me, Jason? Because Lamar's defense, what does it have to do? I said he was 16 of 36. I said, just so you know, you know why their defense gives up leads, Jason, which you just so eloquently put? Because he can't stay on the field on offense. So if their defense is on the field twice as much, guess what? There's twice as many opportunities from the other team. And you give Trevor Lawrence that many opportunities because Lamar couldn't sustain a drive, Jason then there is some bigger picture issues that these novice fans just don't understand. So I give him a 15, Jason. I think he's in the middle of the pack because he did bet on himself. Uh, but right now, uh, that can easily be a 10 at the end of this thing because yet he's yet to win a meaningful football game in his NFL career.
2: Listen, well, he has won a playoff game, but I agree with you in terms – he's overthrowing every almost every week. He's not connecting with someone down the field, and uh, on big plays. And there were two or three chances, and he did hit the big one to Deshaun Jackson late in the game. Hats off to him. But there were some earlier throws. I watched a lot of that game where he missed guys deep, wide open, and I see it every week. That's really hurting his job performance. That's hurting their ability to score points and is getting is knocking them off the field. And, you know, and putting their defense back out there, just like you said. All right, uh, this tweet uh, yesterday that I read here instantly, I've always been super high on Lamar Jackson's character. I love his T-shirts. you know, no one cares, work harder. I, I probably had Lamar at a perfect score of 25 as was relates to character. Then he put that tweet out yesterday, and I got to knock him off some points here. So I dropped him down to a 20 in character.
0: I dropped him to a 15. I, I'm the same way with you. Uh, I thought he was uh, great as well. I said it on your show. I think he's, I know a guy that recruited and coached him in Louisville. He's always been a high standard kid. But listen, Jason, I'm just going to be honest. People don't really understand the truth of the matter of life. Life is a result-oriented business. Um, you either win at life or you lose at life. There's not really any gray area at this thing. Just like when you walk off a field and whatever is on the scoreboard is the indicator of what happened. You lost or you won. There's no moral victories in this thing. There's no gray area. We are what we do, Jason, not what we say we do. So now issuing an apology and deleting the tweet means nothing to me. You did it. And unfortunately, it is the first time you've done it. I do believe in second chances. I do believe in those type of things. I'm a victim of it, right? I mean, the world got to see me and, and assume that this is how I was. And et cetera, et cetera. I had to wear big boy pants and eat it. And you know what? He's going to have to do the same. And and America will forgive. That's what America does for the most part. They do forgive. Um, uh, But, you know, he came out with that and is just showing his frustration. And you know what? If he had a circle around him, once again, that we discuss all the time, instead of a bunch of yes men, yes men, women, he would have said they would have not let that tweet come out. There would have no way that tweet would ever came out. And also you'd have an agent, and you would already have $200 million in the bank too, but you don't. And now it looks like this could be a possible implosion. And I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at the game yesterday when they have the ball at the end of the game, which we know a check down from their 30 with five seconds kind of tells all. That he can't throw a ball in the middle of the teeth of the coverage. And Harbaugh looked over there, and I saw Harbaugh's face. I'm looking at Harbaugh, and he's like, God, I can't wait to blow this roster up. Or I'm fired anyway. I can just see it on his face, man. And I just think like, he's realizing i got to have a quarterback to be able to throw the football. And tell her we do. We have no shot. We've already won a Super Bowl. We've been to another. Uh you know, I don't know. I, I, I think he's realizing it, and I think Lamar screwed the, the up.
2: Thing, the, the thing about them going to a Super Bowl and winning one or winning two, actually, when they won the first one, Harbaugh wasn't there, but it was Brian Billick, and they didn't have a great quarterback. They won one with Joe Flacco, you know, getting on a little hot streak, not a great quarterback. And so maybe he doesn't think that You you really think John Harbaugh at this point is capable of hitting the eject button on Lamar Jackson. Let's say Harbaugh survives. You think he's capable of pushing the eject button on Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah, because, listen, you got a guy you're about to pay astronomical generational money to, and he's uh, this far from being hurt, and now you're done with your – you're done. You put this money in this guy, and he goes out and gets hurt. You're done. You have no roster movement, wiggle room or otherwise. You put all your money in this guy like you're done. So you didn't have to worry about Flacco getting hurt. And guess what? We can be traditional. He can actually throw the ball on time even though he's not a great skill set quarterback. But guess what? We can run the football with him. We can play defense. And guess what? He can continue drive, so be it. But we won't put our guys in harm's way. We won't put our defense in harm's way with Flacco Flacco. And with Trent Dilfer, we'll let Ray Lewis go out here and Ed Reed and we'll let Jamal Lewis eat and we'll let Tony Zaragoza get sacks and we'll play defense and we'll beat the Raiders seven to three. Like they did when Trent Dilfer hit Shannon Sharp on a 99 yard touchdown. That was their only score of the game. And they beat the Raiders that year. That is what the Ravens have been. And that is how they've won football games. This isn't the This isn't the way to do it. And he knows that. And I can see him very easily saying, why would I pay $250 million to a guy who's a step slower every season? He's a step slower. And we can't live and die by this guy running around all day long with his feet and willing and, and, and having an opportunity to be injured. And we've just spent all our money. There's just no way. I'd rather get the slow, stale white dude back there who won't screw me and we'll play defense and punt the football and uh, I'll come back instead of having a 37-36 shootout game. Um, that's just not the Ravens' style. That's not how they've won football games. When has the Ravens outscored you to win the Super Bowl? Never. They mm. held you down.
2: Mm. So. Mm. Interesting stuff. Let's move to authenticity. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to this tweet. Lamar, I, 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 the language, the whole nine It's like, Okay. Maybe, you know, and the other thing, this is where authenticity is very important as it relates to the 250 million bucks, because the contract allows you to be who you really are. It's not gonna make you a better person, it's gonna make you be who you really are. This, and I know it's just a single tweet, I don't wanna overreact to it. Again, I've certainly had tweets and things that have embarrassed me. Uh, But it's made me think, okay, perhaps Lamar isn't as authentic as I thought, dropping down to an 18 in authenticity. Uh, I see you're just like Steve Kim. You love these numbers in fives. Uh, You you got him at a 15 in authenticity.
0: You, You think he's hiding something from us? Yeah, because we are what we do, not what we say we do. And that's just what we said earlier, like eventually, you know, you have to separate your social media world from your private life. And once he tweeted it, why delete it? That's who you are, bro. Don't don't delete it now. Don't say this is who you made a mistake. No, I love when I see like the Kirk Herb streets and all these guys always come out crying and, 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 and apologizing and all this stuff. And then I, I love to see all their fans. Great apology! You're a grown man for doing that. No, you're not. You're a liar. You are a liar, and people don't apologize if they're truthful. I, Jason, you have never seen apology from me. I'll apologize right now on the spot to your face if I said something out of out of hand or out of whack or or false. Uh, I'll say right now, Jason, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize, but I'm not saying it tomorrow. Cause that's who I am. I am not changing it tomorrow and saying, you know what, Jason, I, I apologize from what I said two weeks ago. It's too late, dude. It's too late. This is what we're going to see. And it's, it's just a matter of time. Something's going to happen. And this is who we are, not what we say we are. And I can't give 250 to a cat that I really don't know how he's going to act because he didn't get an agent. He's going with his mom. He has a bunch of yes men in his circle. And then that is the frustration that's going to lead to what we saw yesterday that's going to show really what he's worth and what he is. Now, I still don't believe he's a bad kid. I still think he's a great kid. I still think we all make some mistakes. God knows we have. I'm not going to throw him under the bus for that. But uh, I'm not going to pay him either. And like I said, he deserves the money, Jason. He's not worth the money. And that is where this management team uh, and ownership has to understand the fine line to make a grown man decision being the CEO of an organization in the NFL he may be deserving he's not worth it
2: mm. all right and finally it factor I still got Lamar is one of the best shows in football people love to watch him play even if it's to him blow up uh, he's still exciting with the ball in his hands uh, so I got him at a 22 in it factor
0: yeah I got 15 again uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why though, Jason, my it factor, let me ask you this without putting you on the spot. How do you define the it factor? Whatever it is, how do you define Exciting
2: it? Exciting are people, do people anticipate your performance or people, if he walks into a room, how excited are people, is, is he must see TV? And I think he's must see TV.
0: I think it factor, which I've done a lot of work on this because I, I, I truly believe the it factor is solely how you should be judged at the end of the day when you're dead and buried. Tom Brady's it factor was his poise in the pocket, which allowed him to win seven rings because he had the it factor or you want to say nuts and guts, parts, whatever it may be. I define it by this, Jason. I define it simply using these two words executive presence you have an executive presence about you jason i pick you first and pick up basketball out of 10 people you're my first pick you stole the prom queen from me you have executive presence Everybody in the locker room loves you. Regardless if you're a cancer or a good dude, I'm going to follow you because you have an executive presence. I may follow you to the left of the stop sign. I may follow you to the right of the stop sign. Wherever you go, I'm following because you have that executive presence. Lamar don't have the it factor. So I put him at 15 because he's yet to win in a meaningful game, meaning an AFC title, a Super Bowl, uh, any meaningful football game. One playoff game to me is not a – it factor guy who's going out here winning every every year. The it factor, man. i will be honest. There may be three guys in the NFL that has it right now. Uh, I don't know if a lot of these guys have it. And unfortunately, he's definitely not. Doesn't have the executive presence. He's a freak of nature athletically. He's a gifted human, uh, but he is an athlete playing quarterback. He is not a quarterback who is athletic.
2: Mm. Uh, JB's got him candle lit at a 60. I've got Lamar Jackson as a grease fire 74. Uh, JB, thank you. Great job as always. Uh, get your, you see my Fearless Army swag? You can get you some Fearless Army swag like I got on. My little bomber jacket, I love this thing. It's very warm, I'm sweating in here. Uh, but I need to sweat. Uh, get your Fearless Army swag. shopblazemediacom fearless. Uh, Shamika Michelle, she's gonna help me talk about uh, Elon Musk and killing black Twitter. Next! All right, welcome back. Time for some Shemoke show, Shamika Michelle, uh, to help me talk about uh, a CNN story uh, that Elon Musk is going to kill black Twitter. Over the weekend, Shamika, CNN published a story uh, complaining that since Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, it's not as warm and fuzzy and inviting a place for black Twitter, and black Twitter, I think, according to CNN, is mourning. Uh, Elon Musk taking over. I, I don't know who they spoke to, you know. Black Twitter, I guess, has some voice, or there's some official spokesman for black Twitter. For those of you that don't know, black Twitter is some little mythical thing that started a decade ago where they said that you know all black people spoke and had the same positions over Twitter and, you know, all these little uh, Lynch, Twitter Lynch mobs or black Twitter this and black Twitter that. And so I'm actually, if Elon Musk is going to kill black Twitter, which I think black Twitter is one of the worst inventions in the history of social media, it basically legitimizes every stupid, illegitimate lie uh, professed by the left, uh, the satanic left. uh, I think it would be a good thing and I hope that I'm asked to do the eulogy uh, for black Twitter. I've never liked it. Uh, I've always thought it was a tool to use and to police black thought and to talk us into doing dumb-ish. And, and so I'm hoping that Elon Musk does kill black Twitter. And so I came up with my list and I wanted your reaction, Shamika, uh, to black Twitter's five greatest accomplishments. And And <laughs> the first one is uh, making Sean King, the activist, uh, appear to be black. Uh, that That's one of Black Twitter's greatest accomplishments, making a white man who looks just like his white father appear to be black and able to claim that his mother was a whore and slept around with some light-skinned black man. Um, only on Twitter could you do that, and thanks to Black Twitter, they made Sean King appear black.
3: Yeah, uh I'm not black, I'm Snow Jay, Uh, okay? Uh, Although most of black Twitter has now turned on Cream Abdul-Jabbar, I will say they are responsible for King Tachalka's rise to power. So yes, I definitely agree with you on that one, Jason.
2: (laughs) My favorite one, there was a lot of good nicknames. Snow Jay was good. I always love Martin Luther Cream, uh, <laughs> Talcum X. I like that one as well. Uh, Bet he hats white. off to a black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say that one again.
3: Bet he white. <laughs> Bet he white.
2: <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Really. <laughs> hadn't heard that one. All right. Uh, <clears throat> number two uh, would be uh, the Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Uh, Michael Brown myth uh, had NFL players the St. Louis Rams back then took the field with their hands up uh, supporting the hands up don't shoot myth would be their second greatest accomplishment
3: yes and this one was a little uh, disheartening for me initially because Even the Obama administration, which is their favorite president, said this was not the case. So the fact that this is still kind of trending or taking place with people still pushing this narrative, it's just a little sad, but it shows how disinformation or misinformation can get out and how black Twitter will just run with it.
2: Uh, The number three accomplishment for uh, black Twitter I think you have to give them full credit for uh, mute Hamid Ali. I like to call him Colin Kaepernick, uh, the the mute version of Muhammad Ali. Uh, Black Twitter baited Kaepernick into taking a knee. That would be their third greatest accomplishment.
3: Yes. Um, Colin Kente, the breakout star <laughs> of Alex Haley's new uh, miniseries, Silky Roots. They said he also (laughs) did a remake of 12 Years a Slave. But Colin's version is called Six Years a Slave, Six Years a Slave Owner, because he's only half black. They definitely (laughs) are the reason he is without a job. Colin let them cheer him on to the pig socks, to the the faux fro. Twitter, black Twitter is the blame for Colin Kaepernick being um, out of a job.
2: Uh, I'm a little surprised this one ranks so low but you know black Twitter has a lot of great accomplishments Uh, but uh, buying lesbians mansions I think has to be one of uh, black Twitter's greatest accomplishments Uh, three lesbian Marxist women uh, launched Black Lives Matter uh, over Twitter and black Twitter supported them and now those Black lesbians all have bought mansions scattered across America, buying lesbians' mansions, uh, Black Twitter's fourth greatest accomplishment.
3: Yeah, I've never seen unattractive lesbians make anything rise so quickly. Uh, Black Twitter (laughs) is definitely the reason that BLM rose so fast and to such great power uh, across the nation, actually across the world. So yes, that is one of Black Twitter's greatest accomplishments.
2: You know, you just reminded me of a very inappropriate joke I used to tell in a casino. When you see, and this has nothing to do with the points you just made, but, or it does, but it has nothing to do with BLM, but uh, when somebody would come up to a craps table and they would stand there holding their money for 20, 30 minutes, not knowing whether or not to buy into the game, and uh, <clears throat> I would tell them, the people would be, be clutching their money, and they wouldn't know what to do, and I would say, hey, look, only one thing grows in your hand. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, you figured it out All right, and then finally uh, Black Twitter's fifth greatest accomplishment is the uh, what about Brett Favre slogan. Uh, I love this slogan. The former Green Bay Packers quarterback. Anytime a black athlete gets in any kind of trouble, Black Twitter immediately says what about Brett Favre and the Mississippi food stamp controversy? What about Brett Favre, BLM, or no, I'm sorry, not Black Twitter's fifth greatest accomplishment?
3: Yes, you know, um, according to Black Twitter, uh, if it wasn't for Brett Favre spending all of that uh, welfare money, Black people would have reparations by now, and Latasha Scott would still be a member of Escape. Uh, this this, What About Brett Favre, I actually like, and I'm going to start using it to get me out of some things. You know, the next time someone calls and says, you know, uh, uh, your number is in my man's cell phone, I'm going to say, what about Brett Favre? So this is a, a, a black Twitter thing that I actually like and I'm going to use for myself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you, Shamika. You look awesome, as always. Uh, Thank I hope you, you had a great Thanksgiving. I had a miserable one, uh, but that's a story for another day. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. coming
3: off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in line, like freedom Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom I want freedom No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just want to have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone i am breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving not deceiving We all want to be free We want freedom I just want, I want to be I just want